This is Sebi's Podcast. Folks, my opening segment today is proud and sponsored by Revamp Barbershop. Revamp Barbershop located on the campus of UCF. The boss, Ricky, has invited anybody in the community, whether it's for facial care, beards, blowouts, mohawks, edges, shape up lineups and more. You might want to get your next haircut from Revamp Barbershop. And this is my opening segment here in Sebi's Podcast. Welcome, guys, back to another exciting episode here at Sebi's Podcast and another exciting weekend in the NFL. Um, some of the stories and the headlines that we'll touch up on is the Dallas Cowboys get a much-needed win in Big D at home against that vaunted Jacksonville defense. And Big Ben and A.B. does it again in Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati, a place where, you know, the Steelers have kind of owned the Bengals. And we'll touch up all of that coming up. But first, we start off with perhaps the game of the year. The New England Patriots in Foxborough hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, coming into this matchup, um, there was a lot of build up to it. And and boy, was it as advertised. You mean, you know, the matchup that was going to be talked about was Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. Who was the best 87? Whether it's Rob Gronkowski currently or is it Travis Kelsey who's starting to become coming to his own. And there was a lot of like great stories and headlines coming into this one. But boy, did it not disappoint. I mean, these two teams, they just put on a show. And I, I'm, I'm going to go on the record for now. If this is the championship preview in the AFC, I'm all for it. I am all for it. You know, like... You know, uh, this is what we live as consumers. Yeah, we like um, great and fierce rivalries. Yeah, we like slugfest and hard-nosed defensive-minded games. But you know what? When we see touchdowns, our, 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 our ears and our eyes pop out. And that's what we got last night. We're talking end-to-end throttle. First downs, converting third downs, touchdowns. I mean, this was just a fantastic game to watch. You know, first off, in the earlier stages of the game, you know, teams that enter Foxborough into New England, especially young quarterbacks like a Patrick Mahomes, they tend to be rattled, a little bit nervous and and antsy early on in the in the stages. And we did see that in the first half where Patrick Mahomes threw an interception in the middle to Dante Hightower, not reading the coverage that he was presenting. And then there was one where it was at the end of the half and Kansas City was in a red zone. They were attempting to score. Patrick Mahomes trying to make a play and it got intercepted in the end zone. So we get that. We understand all that. But after we got out the second half, ho, 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 did fireworks pop. I mean, Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek. Oh, Lord. And, and I think I've, I've touched on Tyreek Hill in the last couple, two segments that I've did. Tyreek Friggin Hill. King of the Hill. That's what I like to call him. You know, Trav, you know, Kareem Hunt had a big day as well. I mean, receiving over 105 and he had about 89 on the ground. He had over almost 200 yards scrimmage yards against New England. He seems as if that he always goes nuts and bonkers against New England at New England. And Travis Kelsey was relatively, you know, blanketed. What? 
Bill Belichick obviously does is he'll take your number one option away. And we know that Travis Kelsey is one of their main third down um, go-to players. And, you know, that's one of the things that he wanted to do. Now, ultimately, Bill Belichick will tell you he'd wanted to take Tyreek Hill out of the game. But you can't do that because Andy Reid does a very good job of moving Tyreek Hill around, whether it's in the X, whether it's out wide in the Y, whether you put him in the backfield or out in the slot or a special teams punt return or kick return. So you really can't take Tyreek Hill out of the game just because his motion, his movement around the offense can be at any given place. The hell, they'll, they'll start him at QB and some wildcat, wildcat package, packages. So you really can't necessarily take Tyreek Hill out of the game because you know he's gonna get his just because he moves around and there are multiple facets that you can put him in your offense that can present problems for opposing defenses and we know that but boy <laughs> i've seen enough i i i'll say it right now I, i've seen enough through three seasons thus far in tyree kill's nfl career to say that he'll just walk himself in the hall of fame what tyree kill is doing right now folks Hasn't been done since Gale Sayers in 1950s. Guys, you guys don't know who these Gale Sayers, Otto Graham, Frank Tankerton. These are way past both of our times, my time and your era. You guys don't know who Gale Sayers even was. But Tyree Kill is doing something since the merger. That means this has not been done in the post-Super Bowl era in 1966. Tyree Kill. 13 touchdowns over 50 yards plus eight of them kick returns five of them punt returns this is only on special teams and then what he does with you as a receiver now i i i, I i'll put it out there randy moss a great wide out fast devin hester explosive he was one of those guys, just like Tyreek Hill, you can't really punt them the ball. You better punt that ball out of bounds or else you're asking yourself for trouble. Devin Hester also fast. We all know about him coming from the U, their products, they love fast prospects. But I'll tell you, there has never been a guy like Tyreek Hill I've ever seen. Tyreek Hill... It can't. It, Devin Esther was a great special teams player. Don't get me wrong, but he was never the the receiver that Tyreek Hill is. And just how dynamic he is, you could put him in the slot. His cuts. I mean, look, I, there was some packages last night, some defensive secondary packages that New England was putting out there, and we were just holding our breaths. I mean, there's just some coverages that you just cannot run against Tyreek Hill. When you have the middle of the field wide open with no safeties anywhere and you're bringing pressure towards uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, and, and Patrick Mahomes sees that, you had better uh, pre-snap show that and then post-snap, you better have like a free safety run out there in the secondary because you, you I, I can guarantee you, Tyreek Hill will outrun and outburn your entire team if you have the middle of the field wide open. And we saw that. We saw that on two occasions, one in the red zone where Tyreek Hill was in the slot and they motioned him in the slot and he had to go cross field, deep cross field 
just to get open because the middle of the field was wide open and Patrick Chung was playing inside the box to stop the run. Wide open. Belichick, you can't play a defense like that against Tyreek Hill. There is some just special talents that you just can't play certain coverages against. Randy Moss, you could have never done that against Randy Moss. You, 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 you know, Chris Carter, you could have never done that against him. You know, you know what I'm saying? Calvin Johnson, you could have never done that against him. So why do you expect to do that against Tyreek Hill? And then another one, up 40 to 33 with three minutes and 30, 30 seconds left in the game. You know, you, you elect to bring pressure to Pat, Patrick Mahomes and then you leave the secondary wide open. And, and, and Patrick Mahomes isn't, isn't a fool. He's not gullible. He's not dumb. He knows what type of talent that he has and the, the necessary uh, requisites that he has at his disposal to, to throw to. He knows that Tyreek Hill will burn and outrun anybody. He knows that Tyreek Hill is at tops of 4-3 speed. He knows that Tyreek Hill has Olympic speed. He knows that if right now that Tyreek Hill retired in the NFL and he wanted to just run track for the U.S., olympic team he could make the team he knows that what is he gonna do you run that same coverage again and patrick mahomes sees that and then the rest is history tyreek hill burns you for 75 yards and then you play catch up you know while everybody is running in slow motion tyreek hill is is just looking at you and and doing his infamous peace sign and and i'm just thinking to myself you know New England is just trying to give this game away. Like, there are certain coverages that you just cannot run by Tyreek Hill. Like, why are you doing that? Like, like why? Why? Ultimately, on the opposite end, uh, that woeful Kansas City team secondary and, and the defense overall, there's question marks on that, on that, on that side of the football. Obviously, Taba Ali and Justin Houston didn't play um all pro Eric Berry all pro safety and Eric Berry didn't play as, as well and and you know those guys are impact players on the defense and they do make a significant difference but for uh, the you know whatever whatever Bob Sutton's you know game plan last night was I'm not sure that he even knew who he had on that field that's gonna get after Brady Tom Brady and, and, and Gronk. Gronk, especially in that last play to set up the game-winning field for Steven Gostowski, his fifth hundred re career reception for Tom Brady. That partnership with Gronk and Brady, special. And, I, and I've already said that Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates are the two best tight ends of all time. I think that Rob Gronkowski is on pace to surpass that. I mean, we and just like Tyreek Hill, we haven't seen a guy that big that size that speed in that frame like a rob gronkowski that specimen that rare specimen of you know uh, 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 265 67 big strong mittens hands can run routes and is fast and can run seam routes to go deep we've never seen a tight end ever that could do that as great as tony gonzalez and antonio gates were and I think that, you know, if and it, it, this is a big question mark for Rob Gronkowski, too, who is injury prone, if healthy, I think that he's well on his way to not only in the Hall of Fame, which I think he's destined to get, but become essentially one or if not the best tight end to ever 
you know, catch a football. And, and we just seen that partnership there. Brady, surgical. I mean, w- there aren't enough superlatives to lament the greatness of a Tom Brady. Ult- obviously the GOAT. We all know that. Getting his 200th career regular season win. O- only quarterback in NFL history to do that. And, you know, New England just finding a way. Whether it was a blowout or whether it's close, New England just finding a way methodically to kill you. And that's what New England does. That's what New England does. If you do not capitalize on their mistakes, they will hurt you. Early on in that game, Kansas City gets into the red zone. They're scoring field goals while New England is scoring touchdowns. If you're trading threes for sevens, field goals for touchdowns, you're you're asking yourself to already give up the ring you're not gonna beat new england that way if you get in the red zone you had better punch it in for seven kansas city did not do that and was their inability in the red zone to convert touchdowns really hindered them in the first half ultimately they did come back but if you think that if they converted those touchdowns into first downs they possibly could have won the game and, and this game right here for New England goes a long way because if New England lost this game, Kansas City would have had a three and a half game up on all the teams in the AFC, including the head-to-head tie against New England. So with New England winning this game, only a game back of Kansas City to potentially get home field advantage in the playoffs, that goes a long way. And we'll go now to the Dallas Cowboys. You know, you got to give props to Scott Linehan. And Jason Garrett, you know, they're already, you know, they're already in a hot seat. Dallas had to win a game because, you know, they, I don't think people know, Dallas actually is a top three defense right now. They're second ranked in the NFL. They're second in sacks. They're third in forcing turnovers. So they, they're getting actually getting after it. On offense is where they're you're taking a step back. Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott entering their third season as starters for the Dallas Cowboys, you knew that they were in unfamiliar ground. These guys are, are going to be looked upon as leaders now in the offense with no Des Bryant, no more Jason Witten, no more reliable playmakers on third down. So these were the guys that they were looked upon to potentially make plays and to take the next level. And that wasn't the case through the first five weeks. But boy, did they show out last week in week six against a, a very good Jacksonville defense. I mean, from top to bottom, you look at position, position, man for man, that that Jacksonville defense is as good as it gets. And Dallas just picked them apart. And I credit Scott Lanahan for doing something that he just hasn't done in the last past weeks. He finally told his quarterback and Dak Prescott, who is a mobile quarterback. I don't know why he didn't know that from the beginning or, or if he was just reluctant not to use his wheels. But he is a quarterback and he can make plays out of the pocket and just finally took, you know, the training wheels off of him. You know, when you, you, you have a daughter or a son and you, you're trying to train him how to ride a bike and you put the training wheels on them. And then once it's time to take them off and have them, you know, expose themselves to how to ride a bike and take the training wheels off, it becomes a new experience. Well, that's what happened. They finally took the trailing wheels off of Dak Prescott and said, you know what? the heck with it we're gonna let you have the freedom to run on third downs to pick up first downs if need be we're gonna let you get outside the pocket where you're most comfortable 
on the run looking downfield and making plays and making passes whether that be to Cole Beasley whether that be to uh, um, Williams or uh, Gathers one of their new tight ends and, and, and stuff like that or whether it to be the deep ball to Tavon Austin in that fact of the matter so Dallas Cowboys they finally got Zeke at least 25 touches I've always said Dallas is the best blocking offensive line in the nfl you'd better use and you have an all pro running back like a ezekiel Elliott, you'd better use him at your highest potential 25 touches at minimum they gave him 25 carries 106 yards against a very good run defense in the jacksonville jaguars dak prescott finally got outside the pocket got into the red zone two red zone scores to his main man cole beasley who himself and Cole Beasley has grown a very good partnership, especially in the red zone. And I think that bodes for them moving on forward if Dallas wants to be successful and be a competitive in the NFC East there for you. I thought this was a big win. And Blake Bortles, you know, the jury's on him now, you know. And and, and uh, how god-awful is Blake Bortles? You mean, this Jacksonville defense is good enough to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. They're, they're just that good. I don't think they're the 85 Bears. I don't think they're, they're the 2000, uh, you know, Ray Lewis ran, um, Ravens. But with, um, you know, Rex Ryan as their defensive coordinator. But this defense is good enough to get you to a Super Bowl. And Blake Bortles is hindering that for the Jacksonville's offense. Obviously, you don't have Leonard Fournette. You can't run a lot of play action stuff because play action doesn't work because we know that TJ Yeldon and Grant is not going to burn us. So we don't have to stack, you know, eight man fronts, eight man boxes to stop the run. So what do the teams do? Normally, they play coverage. They they bring four or they bring three. And then they say, hey, big Blake Bortles, make a play with an eight man um, secondary. And we let's see what you got. And he just turns back to his, reverts to his old self, pick Bortles. And it's just awful to think because this franchise, Jacksonville, hasn't been anywhere. One of the rare franchises never to go to a Super Bowl. And Blake Bortles is hindering that because he cannot throw accurately. And, 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 and this it has been an issue for him in his first five seasons in the NFL. Look, I'm calling it right now. Jacksonville has to. And it is imperative for Jacksonville. I don't know if it's going to be on the trade deadline. But this upcoming next year's draft, you'd better get a top quarterback. You'd better get a top quarterback because Blake Bortles isn't doing it. It's. I don't think Blake Bortles is the answer for the Jacksonville Jaguars starting QB. And let us know what you think about that. Next up, a hated rivalry. A hated rivalry. We go to the FC North in Cincinnati. A very good game. And a team under the radar that a lot of teams haven't been talking about. Entering this game, the Cincinnati Bengals 4-1. Joe Mixon getting the ball. Andy Dalton has been, uh, you know, building rapport with second-year man Tyler Boyd out of Pitt. AJ Green, we all know about him, all pro wide receiver who still got it. You know, him like Tyreek Hill. There are certain coverage that you just can't run by AJ Green. 
because we all know scout the scouts scouting report tells you that he'll beat you he's just that type of rare talent and you know coming to this game Bengals as an offense was really looking really good and on defense they weren't that bad you know uh Geno Atkins inside a premier inside defensive tackle in the NFL you had Carlos Dunlap in the outside as a great pass rusher and then you had playmakers on that back end whether it's Kirkpatrick and the dirty player that Vontez Burfitt is and boy this Pittsburgh Steelers in Cincinnati th- think about these guys Pittsburgh playing in Paul Brown Stadium have won 15 of the last 17 meetings Big Ben against Cincinnati career-wise is 23 and 7 you know this is a Pittsburgh Steelers franchise that absolutely owns the Bengals and especially in Cincinnati you just kind of knew what you were getting yourself into and perhaps and just perhaps Marvin Lewis in his 15th season never winning a single postseason game asking you a question why is he still coaching the Cincinnati Bengals they must love him that much in front office and ownership not sure why and you ask yourself this you know the Bengals look pretty decent this year this and you know the the Pittsburgh Steelers haven't started off well they're in turmoil with the whole Big Ben and uh, Le'Veon Bell allegations maybe this is one that the Bengals can get nope history always seems to write itself again late in the game late in the ball game Bengals up 21 20 the Pittsburgh Steelers already in the in in field goal range not necessarily a red zone already in field goal range third down and 10 they need to make a play to pick up a first down to ice the game and potentially give Boswell a, a, a decent enough kick where you know they can send them back home to Heinz Field and feel good about themselves but boy Big Ben and Antonio Brown were thinking about other things and bigger things all-out blitz we're talking Vontez Burfitt coming we're talking corners are coming you leave Antonio Brown arguably the best receiver in the entire NFL open in the middle of the field in the slot nobody there and once Antonio gets Antonio Brown gets the ball there's nobody catching him I don't care who you are you could be the fastest corner fastest uh safety not I don't care who you are. You're not catching Antonio Brown running wide open, wild in the middle of the field. And then, of course, history rewrites itself. Antonio Brown scampers for a 37-yarder to ice the game with just seconds to play in Paul Brown Stadium again. Stabbing a knife in the hearts of the Cincinnati Bengals faithful. And the Steelers just do it again. A.B., and Big Ben. If there aren't a better quarterback to wide receiver duo in the NFL, I don't know who is. You know, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones may have something to say about that. Andy Dalton and AJ Green, perhaps. But Ben and Brown, what a connection. Just brilliant. Just, just brilliant. And this is my opening segment in Sebi's podcast. Let us know what you think.